Good afternoon and welcome to the Tech Central podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Robus, and I'm doing an out-of-town recording in the beautiful city of Cape Town. I'm finding it very difficult to concentrate, and luckily I've got an engaging podcast episode here with two great guests to talk around everything cloud and new capabilities and features that it enables for your smaller business and your bigger business. So it's applicable to everybody. I'm quite excited for you. Jeff Ryan, AW Cape, new MD, getting into the seat. Welcome to your first Tech Central podcast. And Gerard Hartman, the boss of Medium Business for Sage. Thank you for joining us again. I'm going to let the first time I introduce himself, Jeff on your move to Cape Town and all things AW Cape. Congratulations on your promotion. Tell us a little bit about yourself and AW Cape. Thank you, Daniel. I'm really excited to be here. I've had an engagement with Gerard before, so I'm looking forward to our conversation. But yeah, as you mentioned, newly appointed MD since June, July. I've been working in business development for AWK previously, and in my previous career, I worked with Sage, and I was a product manager at Sage Intelligence, so I know the Sage environment quite well, but I'm very excited about being on the business partner side. I think it's a great opportunity where we are at the moment. Personally, I'm looking forward to Cape Town. I'm based in Durban at the moment, so there's not much need for coffee in Durban. It's normally too hot to, to have a cup of coffee <laughs> like you. Oh, it's going to be a big move. Cultures are different Sporting sides are different, but both beautiful parts of South Africa. And I wish you everything of the best to find a new home for yourself and your family. That is a long trek across the country. Why are you moving when there is a work from anywhere kind of vibe going down in the world? Why is it important for you to be at the AWK head office? It was a long discussion. Henry Hatting is our previous executive chairman, is moving out of the role of AWK CEO effectively, and I'm taking that role so he can drive the group forward. And we did have long discussions around whether it makes sense to move down. Besides the fact that I've still got my Stormers jersey from when I was at UCT, as so I have advised for Cape Town. But the reality is that to drive the business forward, especially our presence, you know, Work from home, it works very well, but I don't think the physical presence must ever be underestimated from an engagement perspective, both with clients and with staff. You just don't have those personal relationships. You talk about making your own coffee. How many conversations you missed over the last year and a half, just chatting to people, finding out how they're doing at home, you know, how their daughter is, or, you know, if they've got sick dogs. Those conversations are all missed when you're only interacting on the virtual side. So, yeah, although work from home will probably continue, definitely a physical presence is what's needed. Tell me a little bit about your company and AW Cape. How many people, where you're based, and what is your main focus? So primarily we're based in the Western Cape, although we've got, like myself in Durban, we've got one of the founders based in Pumalanga, based up in Nelstrade, so he loves the game reserve. But yeah, in terms of this remote working, we've got clients all over the country. We primarily have been focused on ERP sales and implementation, as well as HR and payroll. But recently, we've branched out into a couple of other services, outsource payroll, cloud hosting. And, you know, we one of the big areas that I've brought in since, since I've joined is automation integration. As great as we believe the SAGE systems are, unless they're talking to each other, they're kind of Ferrari sitting without any keys. Brilliant. Brilliant. Herat, you've been sitting quiet for the first two minutes. Welcome back to the podcast and thank you for joining us. Today, we have got a partner. Last time, it was just me and you on this series. Where do partners fit in your life? 
Daniel, good afternoon. It's great to be back. Always having good, constructive conversations. Sorry we didn't sponsor your coffee for today, but um, <laughs> I'm sure AWK will solve that for you virtually as well. Jeff, great to have you here as one of our partners. And yes, back to the model of Sage. I mean, the success for Sage is having an ecosystem of partners that engage with customers or potential customers mm. and making sure that they solve business problems. And Jeff touched on it and he said, one of AW Cape's missions are to make sure that they solve a business complexity. Mm. And with our software solutions, combined with what Jeff mentioned, their own service, I want to say benefits, whether it's integration, services, et cetera, they deliver, at the end of the day, a great solution to customers. And for us, that's the recipe of success. Trusted partners, getting customers on board and retaining them for as long as they can, making sure they evolve with the customers. Because I think that's, I know we're going to speak about business and how things are changing. And Jeff spoke about the whole remote working and how you need to keep engaging. And for us, it's always great to have our partners and build success with them. Mm. You know, when Jeff was talking about his new services, outsourced payroll, cloud hosting, automation, integration, it seems like there's a story of digital transformation that AW Cape can talk around on their own. Are you seeing your partners really sip their own champagne, embracing these solutions in a South African context? Are we are we the vanguard of it or are we slightly behind what you're seeing in your broader partner network overseas and in the rest of the continent? So definitely being a supporter of growth in South African businesses. If we compare ourselves globally, I want to say we are just as competitive in South Africa as the rest of the world. So back to your question on it. Yes, are we, are we in the top Yes, yes, we are. Do we want to assist businesses to make sure they are successful? Definitely with our partners. And Mm. you touched on, you asked about where do we see business? How's it transforming? Mm. Definitely businesses wants to become more efficient. We all know that. Mm. We also know that businesses, when they decide to streamline on certain processes, and I'm going to use one example of a manual process. So maybe in your business, you capture your invoices and you send it out. But for someone to send out an invoice, they need to press a button. Mm. So how can you automate that process that it happens automatically? And there, what's important is, yes, that's what we're after. We want to make sure businesses are more successful by creating this digital journey Mm. with solutions to make sure that if their business changes, you can keep on supporting them. And that's the beauty of our channel. And that's the beauty of AWK, adding value to businesses. Jeff spoke about not just managing accounting finance, but managing people. And Mm. both of those are very, very important aspects when it comes to building a successful business. I know that's a particular passion of yours is the human element and the human integration. I'm going to circle back to that, Kira. Jeff, from your perspective, when do customers typically come to AW Cape? Where are they on their journey? 
Are they uh, greenfields? Are they sitting with existing systems? Are they from other partners? What do you see as the market at the moment? Very few companies are greenfield with complete setup, startup sort of businesses. That sort of environment is less of where we play. We play more in the mid-market segment once business is a little bit more established. We do go a little bit into the smaller markets place because we do look after, you know, VIP premium, which can extend right down. And we've also helped clients, you know, with very entry level products as well. But our primary space is in the mid market space. So they generally are set up businesses and looking to grow. They either have inefficiencies in their current processes and systems and we help and guide them on the next step in their journey. And then obviously when they get to the higher tier, we can help them along with that as well when they go into multinational or multi-company sort of environments. Yeah. So all of those are kind of covered. I'm just on Clairod's point there though, and you talk about the systems and business efficiency, it just reminded me of a funny story that, you know, some of the people that we've helped and I've helped in my consulting days, the system is only as good as the people that end up using it. And I had a particular client that we did this awesome implementation and we went back a month later to check what they were doing. And what they did was they were taking screenshots of the system, printing it out, and bringing it off to be signed by the designated approver. Oh, <laughs> I'm my completely So I totally word. get what Garrett's saying. You know, they, they, there's only so much automation you can do without the actual buy-in of the people who are going to use that system. Oh, that is, uh, that is, I, I feel it and, and I get it. And I see that people want to, you know, the best system that they've ever used as a calculator and they'll go back to that. What is your change management philosophy when you go into an organization that avoids that, that doesn't guarantee, but enhances system uptake? So I think the most important thing is the executive buyer or a stakeholder in the business that has enough clouds to kind of move this thing forward. And I mean that seriously, because mm. when the obstacles come about or there's a decision to be made, you don't want it to go to committees. You want someone who is taking accountability, responsibility, and is managing and driving this forward. One of our core principles that we add a project manager to every one of our implementations as well, to make sure that there is a level of accountability and driving force behind the project. But if there isn't an opposite on the client side, many of these implementations are doomed to failure because the system will not be used by the people. There will be no change management. There'll be no training investment. Mm. And we've seen it many times. And we actually turn away a lot of those deals when we see that happen. Okay. So we've got a leader here who seems a, a more gentle approach than you, Hera. Tell me about Sage's drive to get people from on-prem into cloud. Is this a feature-enabled move or is this a financial transaction that we're talking about, a different engagement model from a Sage perspective? First of all, Daniel, I think what's very important is companies want to become better. So let's make it practical. And Jeff touched on it. Small business, I grow, I'm successful, I get a lot more customers, I employ more people, and all of a sudden I need to adapt to the growth. And I put in a system. And maybe my first step was I want to solve my financial management problem. Mm. And it's a desktop, it's a desktop, let's say, solution. So I put it in a server room. I have people accessing software. And one day we hit, sorry, you can't return to work. What do I do? 
Uh, and, that and, and would that's never happen, the, would it? Yeah, no, never. <laughs> and that's 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 exactly where we were. Let's say twelve to to, to eighteen months ago, and all of a sudden the business has realised. But listen, I need to have infrastructure that is secure because I want to access my data. I want still want to be able. You you spoke about that human interaction, that face to face. I still want to have the same conversation. I still want to be able to analyse my data. But all of a sudden, I'm stuck. I can't access it. So we all know about moving from desktop to cloud. It's a lot of companies speak about it. There's a lot of providers giving solutions. But what have we seen as Sage? First of all, we know we're very good with our desktop solutions, and we captured accounting, finance, people, HR, market segments throughout Africa. Mm. And then the business changed. And they one day said, but listen, we need solutions. We need mm-hmm. to have data available anywhere, anytime to whoever needs it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the journey to cloud started. And it's not something that happened 18 months ago. It's something mm-hmm. that's been coming for years. Mm-hmm. And you touched on South African business. We are in that race to adapt new technologies, mm-hmm. which is cloud. Mm-hmm. Today, we're on Zoom. Sometimes we're on Microsoft Teams, but that's technology enabling us to have a proper conversation, see one another. And Mm. again, when we transition to cloud, what we've seen, businesses want to change. We've seen that adoption over the Mm. past few years. Mm. And we as a provider and a vendor of software is changing our systems, building out what customers need, and our ecosystem, our partners, can take that out, give the service to a customer and build on their own service solutions to that. And that's the beauty. At the end of the day, you're going to sit with a happy customer, business is changing, they're adding on new technology and it's adding value to their organization, making sure they have access to data, they can speak to one another, they can still speak to their customers and perform their business mm. more mm. effectively. So, Herat, you have to say that. You are the VP. Jeff, does this not lock me into Sage for life? Do they own my data? Can I get access to my data if I want to leave, if I want to immigrate to the south of France, or is it all stuck with Sage forever? I think, you know, as much as we like you to be locked in, I think, you know, one of the great things about the freedom of choice and the environment we're working in, in technology specifically, is the transferable nature of cloud in a lot of ways you know when when i was in sage intelligence and looking at trying to report off multiple gls or multiple accounts and there was always a way that we could get a base chart of accounts that everyone could do reporting off and it's the same principle from a sage perspective the migration of your data at a later stage is actually it's, a, it's not a trivial event. It can be quite complicated, don't get me wrong, but it's generally not something to worry about in terms of being tied in. There's obviously a cost effect, which is less, there's, there's more of an impact in terms of moving front. For me, okay. in terms of, you know, the COVID and you talked, you know, the door suddenly like not coming into work and, and here it fast about that. But that's kind of why I joined AWK is because they suddenly had a huge uptake in terms of people having no ability to work. And there was a reaction to that to do cloud hosting while business rate. But what we're seeing now is those people had done the reaction, but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity now with work from home to say, 
do we do cloud hosting and kind of do this gradual digital transformation as we were doing? Or do we try and leapfrog by going straight to a cloud-first environment and really having the latest technology with AI and all the other bells and whistles that come along with these really, really latest and greatest technologies? And we actually, I was in a conversation with a client yesterday. I was suggesting that there are those two options. They could upgrade or they could jump. And at the end of the conversation, they said, it's time to jump. And it's hard for some of these bigger organizations to think mm. that way because they're not as agile as the smaller businesses mm. or they're not in that. But they, they literally don't realize how much market share they're losing because they're not doing that. And we've seen it with the companies that have done it and embraced it early. Do you do any sort of impact analysis prior to suggesting that to a customer? Or is this a hammer that you're getting incentivized from Sage and you've got to go and hit everyone with it? No, and, and it's funny that you say that because I'd actually should be, and I'm probably the worst salesman in the world, I've told you before, but um, <laughs> you know, there's more benefit in me to, to, to do the existing systems, the slower migration, because yeah. it's a more complex environment. So they're going to need more support. So maintenance over the years, they're going to need myself and my team to come in and help them. In a cloud-based environment where effectively you turn it on and you use it and, and you're less reliant on partners, there's less mm-hmm. work and less mm-hmm. money for us as business partners. We have to look at our own business model in a lot of ways because the amount of you know hours that we get from an implementation perspective are less on the less complicated system. So the easier and the better that Sage make their systems, the less benefit actually to us as a Sage business model. But we're about making sure that the customer has the best solutions. So for us, when we look at the customer, if the solution is right for them, that's the solution they must go for. So the fact that they're going for something that we get less benefit so what? We're in a partnership with them. Hopefully, there's other benefits we get at a later stage. Maybe they have a customer that they want to pass on to us. Maybe they're going to multinational. Maybe they need some other service from us. But I think the fundamental thing is for the customer to get what they need out of us, and that's our ethics of our business. Hopefully, we'll still be in business that we don't get another salesperson. Exactly. Here up this whole concept of moving my business applications into a cloud environment. There is the financial side where I'm going from buying the licenses and having some sort of ownership in there to renting the licenses. That is one consideration. So CapEx to OpEx. The other one is that we can access the systems from anywhere. Does that impact on our performance? Is that placing my business at even more risk in this turbulent time? Daniel, I want to jump back to what Jeff said leapfrogging or taking a step forward. And I think the beauty is as a business, I must decide where I am and what I would like to, let's call it, transition to the cloud. So some aspects I can leapfrog Mm -hmm. and some maybe I'm going to take a step-by-step approach. And it's not right or wrong. If we look at cloud investments, and I mean performance-wise, if you can have access to information in a dashboard format that is real-time, so I press a button, I access information now, that is power. Mm. That gives me the ability to look at processes, profitability, anything I can streamline. What is, what's my indicators I want to track? Mm. So for me, yes, back to your question, performance will increase. If I maybe do, let's say, timesheet tracking, 
Mm. I want to look at profitability of reps in the field, what they spend their time on. If I have that information in real time, I can go onto a mobile device, I can see it in an app, and I can see, oh, person A did six hours billing, person B did eight hours billing, how can I make them more effective? Mm. That is power. That is performance. Mm. And that is what customers wants to do. Mm. Working remotely and not being face-to-face brought its own complexities. How do you monitor performance? Mm. Maybe in the past you had a clocking system, put your finger in, walk in the door, work out, and you see, oh, I've been in the office for eight hours. But it's still not to say that you're performing. So very importantly, that with moving to cloud, with that accessibility of information, Real time for me is the benefit. And then from there, you slice and dice it to make yourself even better. Awesome. I love that answer. I like that. Jeff, the licensing is going to be different from me to Sage and the agreement that I'm going to sign. What does mm-hmm. Cape add on to that? What sort of SLAs are you offering customers at the moment in this cloud environment? We've always had a very different model in terms of payment structures. Our SLAs are generally around sort of prepayment vouchers. And the reason why we do that is it helps you manage your cash flow. One, you can get discounts. And two, you only pay for as we build. So it's kind of like, you know, the project might be 300 hours over three months, whatever. You could spread that cost flow over four or five months and buy those vouchers kind of incrementally and take advantage of the discounts. We see that a lot with sort of your people implementation because the system stage systems are modularized. Mm. So you don't have to do all the modules at the same time. So you don't have to do that whole investment at the same time. You can do one module at a time. And as you implement it you, and you're ready and the cash flow is ready, you kind of implement it. So in the cloud environment, that's also where the benefit is because everything is modular. You know, there isn't so much difficulty in terms of accessing the system. I mean, for some of the latest products, we actually have to go through the user's logins to install the system and configure it. Because it's not actually built for a business partner model. It's built for people owning the system themselves and configuring it. So there's a huge side of things where the cloud environment changes its mindset. Mm. We're learning things Mm. from our customers now rather than the other way around. On a further point to what Perry was saying, besides the benefits, and one of the things that people are scared of when they see these cloud systems, and particularly because there's generally a time for a year or a quarter Mm. or some sort of Mm. on the licensing fee, The cost-benefit analysis is never done correctly in my mind because people are comparing apples and apples. So they've got a legacy on-premise system that they're Mm. paying X amounts per year Mm. or X amount per month. Mm. Then they see the X amount per year and they go, oh my goodness, I can't jump that far. But what they don't do is take a step and say, okay, how much are we actually paying for that server that's sitting in the room there? How much are we paying for that IT guy that we call out every time per month? How much are we mm. paying for the software that's sitting on the server? How much are we paying for a backup, a disaster recovery, et cetera, et cetera? And we've worked out that there's, you know, in most businesses, and, and this is off the just of my top of the head, for a mid-market business, we estimate around about 24K a month that people are paying to support their system. And I promise you the new systems, the cloud-based systems are not that expensive. And you're getting all of that and... And to to Harrisburg, besides the benefit, you're also getting a disaster recovery, a cloud backup that has got economies of scale because it's using a partner that has specialists, not, you know, the guy who's 
an IT specialist in Durban, and he's coming in to kind of tweak your server. These are guys that have access to the best and latest technologies to make sure you're secure. So yeah, for me, you know, the licensing and the cost for the customers is actually less of an issue. Awesome. Great answer there, Jeff. You know, it's very tempting for me to ask you why do business with AW Cape, why you're a partner of choice, but just by being on here and you're sharing, people are getting a feeling for what this partnership is. So instead, I'm going to ask yourself and Herat the same questions I do every time I come to the end of this. Jeff, I'm going to be asking you, what are you most excited to see coming out of Sage in the next six months? What are you waiting for that's going to benefit your customers? And then Gerard, I know you answered this a couple of days ago, but what is your focus for the quarter? And then I've got a surprise question at the end. So Jeff, what are you most excited for coming out of Sage in the next six months? I attended the old Sage Summit, I think Sage Transform is called now. And what I was most excited about is the thinking is very aligned to AW Capes in terms of not having a financial system, not having an HR apparel system. It's looking about solutions for businesses and how they interact. I think the most important thing for me is how in a cloud environment, the ease of which data is transferred amongst those systems. So some of the things that are coming out of the data analytics platform and the, the Sage Intact, the, the new development of a cloud-based payroll system for the South African market that kind of will really make a big difference to how customers are able to have one solution from Sage to run their business. And that's what I'm most looking forward to because although we make money from integration automation and there always will be add-ons, what customers need is their primary systems to be interacting without any touch points and the data being one view of their customer, their employee, and suppliers, and being able to manage that all in one place. I think that would be the greatest thing coming out of Sage in the next six months. Awesome. Herat, your turn. What's your focus for the next quarter, sir? So, Daniel, I know I answered last week, and I actually, every time you ask, I want to add on. So I'm yeah. not going to give the same answer as on the previous podcast, yeah. but I want to add on. Very importantly, we touched on it, successful customers, happy mm. customers, mm. making sure that they see the benefit of using technology. Whether mm. I'm small, one-man band, whether I'm a multinational, I want to see benefits by using technology. And with our partners, that is what we deliver to customers not just in South Africa, but over the continent. Second to that, very important, our cloud-based journey, transitioning our customers with our partners to cloud solutions and making sure we, I want to say, solve their needs. And then lastly, partnerships, partnerships for life. And having trusted partners like AW Cape with customers that we can tell stories about. And you asked me what would I would like to do in the next quarter or the next six months. Mm. Let's call on a customer and let's have a nice customer story with our partners. That's power. Hear it from a happy customer. And it's a journey is not always 2020 vision. A journey is, you know what? We had a problem. We solve it. We try and hit a brick wall. How do we get over it, mm. not around it? Mm. How do we go mm. over the wall, pick mm. one another up, and at the end of the day, still have a good, prospering, successful business and relationship? So that's the three thoughts 
from I love uh, that. for the next quarter in six months. So, Jets, I said I had two different questions for you. I'm going to start with yourself, Jeff. A hundred days is looming. You're going to move to Cape Town and you've taken the helm. Talk to me about two things that your team won't know about that you want to look at and focus on and now as part of your 100-day strategy. So part of the strategy is to, one, grow nationally. I think AWK, the name kind of alludes to Western Cape, but we really want to be a national plan and Carrot supports that drive. I think that's one of the things you really want to do. But there's also ambitions from my side, not just to be national, to also create a recurring revenue stream. As the same Sages model moving towards uh, indirect model, I think the partner model is limited from implementation hours, as I mentioned earlier, but the partnership is as important. So one of the things we haven't mentioned is we're a group of companies and we have another business partner in the group, which is Applico, which does training. And as part of the journey with the new Sage products like Sage Intact and where that's going, if we're not getting as much from an implementation perspective and support, we definitely want to be the partner from training. And what we're actually thinking of is changing that to coaching, which is actually a really important journey for most of these customers that, you know, systems are great, but do they actually know and understand it from the functional perspective? And where I'll give you an example is let's not teach someone to use a Sage Intact accounts receivable module. Let's give them the fundamentals to be a debtors clerk. What is it around that role and what's expected of you and using the system to kind of support that, both from a training and from just a a partnership perspective. So for me, it is really around leveraging the association of groups, growing nationally and getting a recurring revenue model. That's where I want to be. I love that. That's brilliant. I really like the AWK training for a job rather than training to use a system. I think we need more and more and more of that in South Africa in order to become a throughput of skills into the industry. And I know the various sage leaders I've spoken about have spoken about being involved in the customer's journey. I'm glad that message is coming through the partner as well. Kerat, as we come to the end of this podcast, tell me two things about yourself that your customers wouldn't know that make a difference in how you make your decisions and the context that you seem to bring into every weighted decision you make? So first of all, on a personal note, I'm a father of twin girls. And I think having teenagers always brings challenges. And with challenges, it creates innovative thinking. And with innovative thinking, your decisions always can be quite fast and also make sure that you adapt or die. So back to what listeners maybe don't know from a business point of view, within medium segment, I've got a robust management team supporting us, looking after the various functions. I believe in having a successful team, not just being able to have easy conversations, but keep on challenging one another. And in business, that's always the most important is those challenges, looking at how you can solve them and collectively move forward. So for me, that's on the one side. The second side of it, lead by example. If you say something, you execute on it. And very importantly, if you make a promise, honor it. And for me, those are really very important fundamentals in doing successful business. 
I love that. Thank you very much, Herat. Herat, as usual, you're easy to talk to and seem very open. And I want to say to our listeners, if you are in the software acquisition stage, give Herat a call. His advice is free. He doesn't charge for his advice when you're chatting to him over the phone. You may be charged if you engage. Jeff, give Jeff a call. He's got 100 days that he's going to be changing AW Cape to suit his style and his leadership side. I'm really excited to watch this journey, Jeff. I think it's always nice to see new leaders coming in and especially moving across and showing that commitment to your team. So I wish you all the best for that. And we from Tech Central will be keeping a close eye on you because you've made some good, bold statements here and I hope you see through them. I hope you are not like the wind that blows through and leaves nothing behind. I hope there's substance there. Once again, Herak, I want to just end with you and say what a pleasure it is to talk to you and your team. Sage seems to have really developed a great management level of leaders that have bought into South Africa and bought into the vision of Sage. So keep flying that flag for us. I'm enjoying it. And from my side, from Tech Central facilitation of this podcast has been an absolute pleasure. I'm Daniel Robus, and I'm just saying thank you to the guys and signing off for another Cape Town afternoon.